let us hear God's word as we have it firstly from Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 3, starting from verse 14. And at the end of this particular block from Ephesians 3, you will hear again the words that Susie used in praying earlier that we joined in. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And then briefly from the beginning of Hebrews 11. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Thanks, John. Morning, church. My name's Dave Kilpatrick. I have the privilege of serving as the Director of Ministries across Cary, and I have the even greater privilege of being the father of four awesome kids, one of which is Luke. And uh, today we're talking and continuing our series on being disciples. And today it's about being disciples living by faith. Now, we could preach for months on being a disciple and living by faith. Um, and so instead of doing that, I'm going to talk a little bit about the 26-year story of Kerry. And again, I could talk for months on that. So I'm just going to take a, a few extracts from that story and, and show that the story of Kerry is really the story of us all. Kerry was started in 1996 by a group of about 20 people who were called uh, to plant a new church under Pastor Steve Isaac um, from Mount Pleasant and Riverton Baptist Churches. And when we started, we met in the lounge room of Pete and Dye's Smith's home. That wasn't a very big church. Our first baptism at Kerry was actually my sister-in-law in the spa bath in Pete and Dye Smith's bathroom. And the whole church fitted in the bathroom. And uh, it was a big bathroom, but it wasn't that big. So it was, uh, it was a small church. But there were a number of things that shaped us when we were starting out as this church plant and one of them was Steve's desire to see the church turned inside out. The church, he wanted to exist for mission. He didn't want to just find a building and wait for people to come, he wanted to find a way for the church to turn itself inside out and to find ways of connecting with and serving and ministering to the community around us. Another thing that shaped us was this uh, idea from experience, Henry Blackaby's experience in God, that 
God is always at work in the world. And he's inviting us to become involved in what he is already doing. The work of mission is not something that we're initiating. He initiated it. Even Jesus said, my father is always at work. And I can do nothing other than what I see my father doing. So we started on this journey of not really thinking, well, what's a good idea that we could do? And then asking God to bless it. We were looking to say, where is God at work? What do we feel like he is calling us to? So turning the church inside out, we existed for mission, joining in with what God was doing and calling us to. And the third one was a statement by William Carey, made in a sermon he preached in England before he went to India as a missionary, where he said, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. He was saying, God is, God is big and we can step out in faith and we can step out trying to do more than we can do because of God's capacity. And so the church existed for mission. We were called to join in what God was already doing and to have this journey of faith. And we started the church in 1996 in someone's um, lounge room. And by the grace of God and a whole series of stories of his provisions, we were able to purchase, without any real money, we were able to purchase the land on which we now sit. And in 1998, this small group of people started Kerry Baptist College. The year seven started in 1998. And in 1999, the primary school started. And that was the first step of both expecting attempting something great and expecting something great. It was way beyond us. Um, no one had had the good sense to tell Steve Isaac, the pastor, that what he was trying to do was impossible. And uh, it was also the first step in seeking to turn the church inside out, to be able to find ways of connecting with and serving the community around us. In 2007, uh, we started Jump Childcare in the little house across the way as another step of working out what does it mean to turn the church inside out. And we, we grew and we struggled and we wrestled and we made lots and lots of mistakes and we had heartaches and it was just a profoundly challenging, difficult journey, but this sense that God was leading us and continuing to shape us as a community. And in 2008, we were a childcare, we were a college, we were a church and it was time to come together and say, okay, what, what is God leading us to? What, what, is, what is next? We weren't just a college that existed on the same location as a church. The college and jump were ministries of the church into the community. So what was God calling us to? And we, we got the, the board and the, the board of the college and the, the leaders and the pastors and we, we had a meal together and we prayed and searched and, and listened to what God had been stirring. And we came up with a document called Kerry 2014. And I remember as I say that I was meant to have a copy of it with me. So this is me holding up a copy of Kerry 2014. Did you like the design of the cover? It was very good. Kerry 2014 was a document that we launched in 2009 to capture what we thought God was leading us into. And when we launched Kerry in 2014, in 2009, I had no comprehension whatsoever that partway through that journey I would be called out of my legal career to start serving as a pastor and the director of ministries at Kerry. Not a blue clue, wasn't on my radar. I had no idea that during that period, Steve Izet would leave uh, Kerry and go and plant, uh, replant South Perth Baptist Church. There were so many things I didn't know, but we did have a sense that this is the next bit that God had given to us. And there were two key things in that document. One of them was that we felt 
God was calling us to reproduce ourselves, to develop another community. And the other one was to develop the Kerry Centre. We developed community here at Kerry. We had parents that would drop their kids off and talk to each other for an hour in the car park because there was nowhere else for them to connect. And so we thought we need to, we need to be able to develop a space for the, the, the parents and the community to connect that's not classrooms. And so after launching Kerry 2014, we went about looking for the land. And uh, we came across land in Forestdale. And again, through a process of praying, we met on the land, we uh, thought about it, we prayed about it together, and we, through numbers of different ways, which I don't have the time to tell you, there was just this sense of this Forestdale land where Kerry Forestdale is now located, is our land. There are other things that we looked at, but this was our land. This was what God had been opening towards us. And we, we purchased that in 2010. And then later in 2010, maybe 2011, I was driving to work, and I was listening to a book by Erwin McManus called Unleashed. Now, Erwin McManus is a pastor of Mosaic Church in Los Angeles, and he wrote this book called Unleashed, which is really talking about the stories of what happens when God captures people's hearts. And just before I turned off the car in my parking spot at work, he'd just finished talking to say, look, we have lost accountants and artists and different key people in our community because God's captured them. They've gone on mission to other places in the world. And he said, I can't tell you how sad it was to see them go. And I can't tell you how hard it was to replace them. But there was a sense of joy in that God was at work. Anyway, so that's where the... My time to listen to the book ended, I turned off the car, got out of the car, went to work, and then I got a call during the day from Paul Oates. Now, lots of you won't know Paul. Um, Paul was this just awesome, faithful, beautiful guy who was the business manager of the college. He was part of our church community, and, and Paul was just Mr. Solid, Mr. Integrity, Mr. Faithful. You just had this sense of peace, because you know Paul was at the helm, and he was just a beautiful guy as well. And... Um, Anyway, I was the chairman of the board. Paul rings me and says, Dave, can we catch up for a coffee? Love to, Paul. How about Tuesday next week? He said, uh, can we do it today? And I'm thinking, this can't be good news. He was in Canningvale. I was in West Perth. This can't be good news. Anyway, he asked to come and see me. So I said, yep, not a problem. Um, let's, uh, let's try and grab a coffee over lunch. And he came in and saw me and he said, Dave, now we've just bought the second block of land. Paul is instrumental in being able to go through the process of funding new buildings and all of that sort of stuff. We've just bought this and Paul says to me, Dave, Becky and I have been praying and we feel called to India to go and work for an organisation called Freeset to um, work with uh, women who are caught in the sex slave industry. And two thoughts came. The first was, this is not possible. We've just bought this land. You are absolutely critically important. And the next one I have got has just prepared me for this driving into work because he started to let me know that this is him doing, not just some crazy random idea that Paul and Becky have got into their heads. And clearly at that stage in my faith journey, I still need some trainer wheels. I wasn't able to relax immediately into the idea that it's okay, God is at work. And, and God needed to give me that prompt. And I said, Paul... And I told him the story, and I said, but for that, I would be freaking right now. But I have to trust that God is showing me this this morning to bring me confidence that he's at work. And if he's calling you, he's going to call someone to us. About 12 months later, Paul and Becky's departure was delayed. And uh, we were praying about Paul and Becky being able to get away. 
And we, we had a day of prayer as a church, praying for that and also just praying, God, who are you going to bring? Who can possibly replace Paul? And during that day, I was at work again, and I got a call from Tim Dorsman. Now, Tim Dorsman, many of you will know, he's the director of business here, and had been part of our church community. I'd known him for a long time, but we didn't really socialise. He had never called me at work. And he calls me and says, Dave, I've got 25 to 30 years of senior banking experience, I'm just wondering whether there's some way I can use my experience to contribute to the ministry of Kerry. I don't know whether it's Paul's role or it's role on the board. And I said, Tim, why did you call me today? And he said, well, I've actually been thinking about this for a number of years, a number of weeks. And I woke up this morning and said, I have to call Dave today. And I said, Tim, do you know that today is the day we had set aside to pray about Paul and Becky leaving and about who's going to be replacing? And he said, no, I had no idea. Clearly he hadn't been to church for a couple of weeks, um, which I like as I tell the story to remind him of. Um, but, but there was this sense of God, God is at work in the story. It was more than two and a bit years later that Paul and Becky actually got the green light to be able to leave. It was 2014. We had only just got the planning approvals. That's another whole story in relation to Forestdale that I don't have time to tell you, but we just got the planning approvals um, for, uh, to be able to develop Forestdale. And there were some traffic issues. We were going to have to do some roadworks, and we are about $1.8 million short. And we didn't think we could get any more money from the bank. And Paul ste uh, Tim stepped in to take over Paul's role in about July 2014. And that was the time when we had this difficulty. Now that... Paul had actually, but Tim had actually at that stage been working for Westpac Bank, who was our bankers. And six weeks after Tim stepped in, two and a bit years after he first called me, saying, Dave, I'm just wondering if there's something he can contribute. Six weeks after he stepped in, we had approval from the bank for the $1.8 million we needed. And I just thought, okay, Lord, I haven't seen it at the time, but you were just intimately involved. We're coming to the end of 2014. By this stage... Um, someone had decided it was a sensible idea to put me as the director of ministries across Kerry, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm meant to be the guy that should be knowing what's coming next, and we're coming to the end of 2014. I should have a clue about where we should be leading, and I didn't. And so I thought, well, I know what we did in 2009. We gathered a whole pile of people, and we prayed about that. So I tried to do that. I tried to do that for about four months, and I honestly cannot tell you why I couldn't put pull that meeting together. I just couldn't. That meeting, I, I started to try and do that in about August, September of 2014. It didn't occur until February 2015. But during those months, I started to realise that actually, in about a year and a half, we were going to be two campuses and two churches and two colleges. And the idea of turning the church inside out just didn't really explain what we were about anymore. And I started to see we needed some more clarity around what God was doing here at Kerry. What was this thing that we're involved in? And over that period, we came up, we've got on the slide, um, the, the vision and, and really call of the Kerry whole. And it's, Kerry is a community of people with a common dream. We long to see a world transformed by the love of God. And this is something that I wrestled through with Brian and the church staff and the leadership, and it shaped over a number of months. And we engage in that ministry by developing community platforms. 
Parastyle campus is a community platform through which people have the opportunity, can experience God's love. They have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus and together demonstrate God's heart of compassion for the world. Every day, families come and they're ministered to by the college staff and jump staff and timber and the church and they get to experience the love of God. They get to be told that they matter and that they're welcome and they're loved. People get the opportunity to say yes to Jesus and in so many different ways we get to demonstrate God's heart of compassion in the world. That's something we're doing this afternoon with the Christmas hampers. And that, I wrestled that out with, with the other leadership over the period in the latter half of 2014 and in February 2015 I'd finally pulled this jolly meeting together so we could start to think about what was next. And I remember walking into the staff meeting room where the meeting was held with this profound sense of gratitude just thinking God I thank you that you didn't let us get to here before because we weren't ready there was a whole lot of stuff that God needed to shape in us and and thinking to be able to understand what God was doing before we emerged now I actually can't tell you the specific reasons why I couldn't get that meeting together before February other than God just wasn't allowing it to occur because he had some more work to do. And I just thank you, Lord. Again, looking back, saying, God, you are intimately involved in the story. I like clarity and I like certainty, which is weird because God seems to deny me all the time. Um, But in 2017, I thought, cool, I know what Kerry is, but I didn't know what the church was meant to be doing. I was painfully aware that we've got schools and campuses and cafes, but what's the church's call in that? And I knew I didn't have that clear. And it was difficult as the senior pastor of Harrisdale and and working with Mark at Forestdale to say, what are we leading to? What am I shaping the staff team to? What What is our purpose? And I didn't know. And I wrestled with this again for probably 12 months. And then in 2018, Peter Scott was appointed as the senior pastor in Harrisdale. And I I don't know whether you remember, Pete, but not long after that, we were walking around the Oval, as we tend to do, because I can't stand still, as you've probably noticed. And I'm going to try. And we were walking around the Oval, and I was saying to Pete, I'm so glad we didn't bottom this sense of what the church is about before now, because I think it's really important that you're involved in that process. Left to me, I would have had it back in 2017, but God just, God needed Pete involved. And so sometime in uh, late 2018, Pete and Mark, Lily, the senior pastor at Forest Isle and I went away and we knew that there was stuff we needed to know and we knew we didn't know it and we just needed to spend time with God. So we went away for two days, a day, two days and a night, just praying, reading, thinking, reflecting, sharing. And it was out of that, that the sense of the mission of the church in the midst of Kerry was to be this flourishing community of hope, transformed by God's love and being about discipleship. And out of that, we wrestled and shaped with the the staff team and the board this picture, to be a flourishing community of hope, transformed by God's love, following Jesus and serving God's world. Being and making disciples of Jesus who love God, love people and serve in God's... Something's wrong there and serving God's mission to our communities and beyond. That, that is, I love that. I love that. 
And I love it because, firstly, it's not something I thought up. Pete, Mark, and I went away and thought, we don't understand, and we need God to bring us more clarity, and it's something that he shaped in his, our hearts. And then when, as I look at that, alongside the mission of Kerry, to create community platforms where people can experience God's love, and where we long to see a world transformed by the love of God, we are people who are transformed by the love of God. And so, once again, as I look back at the timing, I just see that God is intimately involved in shaping this thing that he started back in 1996, and I didn't have a blue clue where it was going or how it unfolded, but I didn't need to. All I needed to do was hold on to the fact that God is at work. 2019. So in 2015, we, we launched Kerry 2020. And there's lots of things in Kerry 2020, and I didn't, wasn't given four and a half hours to speak, so I can't unpack all of that. I'll get that another time. But as 2019, we're coming back to the end of the period set by Kerry 2020, and me being me thought, I've got to work out what's next. I've got to pull a meeting together and start to discern this process. And I just wasn't making traction. And unlike in 2014, you see, I'd learned some stuff and I thought, I know this feeling. I don't think it's done yet. I think God's got some more work to do. And so I just said to the board, look, I know it's my job to work this out, but I just don't, I don't think we're ready. I don't think it's time. So I just want to sit and wait. And in March 2020, when we're in the middle of the opening of COVID and we're trying to work out what is happening next week, let alone over the next five years, I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus, that we are not trying to be in the middle of a discernment process when we're scrabbling to respond to the challenges and needs. And over this year, in the midst of the chaos of COVID, God has been just saying to us, stay close, be still, don't try and control this thing. Stay close, be still, don't try and control this thing and just allow me to be at work. And that, that brings me back to the understanding that it is God who is always at work. We're not trying to dream up this picture, we're just trying to work out where God is at work and where he is inviting in us into what he is doing. And that's the space we're in. I would really love to be able to say, we've got a seven point pan for the next five years and Kerry 2025 is going to look like this and by the end of that we're going to have X, Y and Z but I don't but I am absolutely confident that God is at work and that he is intimately involved and that one of the main things I suspect he's got to do is actually just sort out my heart and sort out my life and continue to shape me in the journey the journey of faith that is following Jesus See, along the journey of Kerry, there has been enormous challenges and difficulties and high moments and low moments. And I've never really deeply understood, oh, this is, our, this is where we're going to be in 20 years' time. I think some leaders have that. I haven't. God has just called us to say, I want you to follow me. I think the same is in our lives. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We just don't. We might think we do, but we don't. COVID has shattered our illusion of certainty. All of a sudden, we had a year like no one imagined. And we don't know what is going to happen. 
But in Hebrews it says, Now faith is confident in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. See, what we're confident about is that God loves the world and that he is reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That is his mission. That is what he is doing. He started the story and he will end the story. And because I'm a slow learner, he keeps it pretty simple. He said, this is my command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, a new command I give to you, love one another. And I can only really do that if I'm able to relax into the idea that everything else God has got. The last slide we've got is a picture of a kid jumping. Now, my kids have done that. Terrifyingly, occasionally Luke did that without telling me that he was doing it until he was actually midair. And it says, Dad! But when they started, I had to get so close. And just to let, the, I, I was basically touching them. I says, come on, you can do it, you can jump. And they needed to learn that if they, if they fell into me, I would catch them. And I wouldn't let them drop. I think I let drop, Josh drop once. But I'm not God. You know, they need to learn that lesson as well. We don't trust God so that everything will work out okay. Because we know that it doesn't. All of the disciples, except for John, were killed for their faith. And John was imprisoned. Life has profound beauty and profound tragedy and difficulty. And many of you are walking through stories you never wanted and profound anguish and pain and struggle. And we have the choice in the middle of that as to whether we will rest into the idea that there is a God who loves the world and is at work even when we cannot see it or we can cling to a place of certainty and control and trying to protect ourselves. And the difficulty is when I hold to the ladder, I cannot be obedient to God's call to love one another because that takes a place of generosity and spaciousness. The passage in Ephesians says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. That is what I am confident of. That is what the journey of Carey has taught me. Not that I know what is going on, but that God is at work. And that even when things seem to be falling apart and I'm in the middle of a journey I did not want, God is and he loves and he can be trusted to hold all else. And he really just tells me, trust me, love me and love one another. And that's desperately what the world needs. I'm looking forward to the journey ahead together to see what God will continue to do. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are God. Lord, I'm really glad I'm not because I make a mess of everything. But you are God and you hold the story. 
and you tell us that we are loved and we are secured and irrespective of what happens, you do not leave and you do not let go of the work and the purposes that you hold. Lord, it's so hard to let go of the cliff and just to fall into your arms and trust that amidst the chaos that seems to reign at times, amidst the lack of presence that you seem to be in, you are and you are good and you are loving. Lord, I thank you for the journey of Kerry. I thank you that we are called to be disciples following Jesus. I pray that you will continue to increase our faith. Teach us, Lord, to trust you. And that as we do, our love for you and one another would grow. And we would find ourselves participating in your mission for the redemption and reconciliation of this world. We thank you, Lord, that you are good news.